0: Welcome all to The Mandalorian Podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for the Outer Rim Territories. My name is Matt, and joining me in the living borders beneath the minds of Mandalore is Pete. Hello there, Pete.
1: What up, all my Mandos and Mandats? The Mandalorian Podcast by Fantastic Geek dons our helmets for Chapter 17, The Apostate.
0: Pete, since we last spoke about The Mandalorian uh, on the heels of the London premiere, there has been the Los Angeles premiere last Tuesday night, where they showed the first two episodes more of your larger scale red carpet, uh, various dignitaries and official folks in tow, uh, including Bob Iger, who I think the last time there was new Mandalorian episodes, he was also still the CEO, so uh, it's poetry speaking to itself
1: interesting how that worked some notable people attended matt that might portend they could show up this season also might not uh on the heels of the uh the hong kong star wars twitter account tweeting and then deleting i'll give you a spoiler warning just in case you hadn't heard this um That, of course, being the character of Boba Fett returning for season three, but interestingly enough, not present there, was Tamora Morrison. However, Ming-Na Wen, that's your Fennec Shand, and Bill Burr, okay, that is your Migs Mayfeld, were on hand. So it'll be interesting to see if they show up. Sometimes that's a pretty good predictor I would agree
0: sometimes it is it was interesting that both Ming-Na Wen and Bill Burr were in like the upper balcony area and when kind of Mandalorian season three photos were taken on stage and the photo call on the red carpet and whatnot they were not a part of it Not nor was as you mentioned Pete the uh, apparently entirely not there Tamora Morrison so I'm not quite sure what to think in terms of was the invite sent out to the extended Star Wars TV family? Was it a hint? Have they listened to Fantastic Be- geek podcasts that say, you know, when Natalie Portman showed up at the Avengers uh, red carpet, that was proof that she was back, and people maybe weren't tuned into that, but you really should have been, and now officially you need to see who's on the red carpet and who's part of the cast photo. But I don't know, but uh, good questions to have, certainly.
1: You know, we've had situations in Darth Mall. you know the actor there um, showing up for the, the solo red carpet. Right. Uh, And then ultimately uh, showing up in the movie that people are like, why is he here? And then, Oh, uh, that happens. So it again could be a predictor and uh, the, the show functions with just a small cast to begin with. It's amazing how it does it even, you know, despite people decrying its criminal run times yeah that was
0: that was something else too that surprised me um in part because mandalorian episodes i know there's only 17 out there as of this week but there's always been in my mind kind of great flexibility with them um either the second or the third episode of the series you know the one where mando goes to get the to get the egg and the jawas stop him along the lane and so forth. That's like a 32-minute episode that includes And
1: it's 32 minutes of pure awesome.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, to me it's kind so, of neither yeah. here nor there. In fact, if anything, Pete, overall, I greatly enjoyed the book of Boba Fett. I know I said uh a number of times including last week's podcast, the first 3 episodes to me are this kind of weird blur of super flashback and recent flashback and present day story tell the story you want to tell it was a good adventure and so forth but like i could have done with book of boba fett episodes one two and three not being 55 minutes long um just me personally and that's not a complaint that's just like the meal you gave me for book of boba fett it was a very big plate with this this is a slightly slightly smaller sized plate but still just delicious and that's what i want at the end of the day let it be the right size for the story you're telling this week
1: who was not there, Matt, adding to that, uh, executive producer Dave Filoni and Rick Familia spoke about her.
0: Indeed, they talked about the story absence of Gina Carano. I guess this was the, the pill to swallow this week in terms of confronting the fact that what feels like now forever and a day ago, uh, you know, she was... Uh, dismissed from star wars land uh, on account of her you know s- spreading uh shall we say inappropriate social media posts oh what about free speech she has all the free speech in the world and her employer also has the ability to not employ her anymore repeatedly warned
1: and advised not Ple- to do it
0: please let's stop doing this gina and then we can proceed with you starring in your own show yeah. okay you keep doing this again one day will we know did that did that open the door for skeleton crew did those storylines get subsumed by a b plot that's going to be in this season or in ahsoka or whatever it might be but yeah they 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 spoke about her they did say pete this is a podcasting weekend where uh, today and especially tomorrow i'm going to be talking about how i got some theories wrong some predictions wrong this is one that i got right that it was not you know and 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 then the uh laser wielding rancor devoured her piece by piece it's just there she there she is special ops uh recruited her and there she is over so over the story somewhere over there but not this story um i think that's story-wise the best way to handle it because why why close a door that maybe in a year five ten twenty i mean this is we all have remakes and revisits and so forth nowadays. Maybe we return to her playing the character, and if we don't, we don't need her this season, so let her just be over over there in another story that's just not
1: this one. Filoni did say it's a big galaxy, and we have many characters in it. Many characters are fighting for their screen time. Uh, additionally, we'll just have to see how the season unfolds, what adventures uh, are but it's a great character, someone who was vital to Din Djarin's beginnings. We'll see if he has evolved beyond that. There was also
0: some news this week, uh, I believe coming out more on the Favreau end of things, talking about how long Grogu was with Luke and how it was two years. I'm not opposed to any chronology that the show wants to have internally. I would just say it doesn't, it didn't feel like that when we watched when we yes. went from Mandalorian Season 2 to Book of Boba Fett, um, which was about a year in between those productions, and here we are approximately a year after Book of Boba Fett. It doesn't feel like Grogu was with Luke for two years. Again, if you didn't sell me the audience on that, then I can't say that you did sell me on it, but it really doesn't change my understanding of this episode, etc., etc.,
1: yeah, so it seems they've walked that back even a little bit since then cuz it's like wait a minute he was with them for 2 years it's like all right i get it like we're advancing in time and they're advancing their narrative um and and they talk so much about chronology and everything like that uh Filoni says that they're uh, uh maybe still in that nine after battle of yavin Uh, time so you know the five years after Return of the Jedi closer to six Um, and they also have Ahsoka and Skeleton crew which will take place in this time as well Uh, so that supposedly the first two seasons took place over a couple years and then all right, he was with uh, Luke Skywalker who was now I sound like Yoda Um, but that's yeah some chronology there matt what do we got going on in our chronology uh tomorrow we will be
0: talking picard uh season three part three Uh, this used to be called episode three but now everything's a chapter or a part or this or that but uh, pete coincidentally tomorrow we will also be talking about interesting choices in chronology that i don't exactly buy but if you're gonna commit to something that's 15 years different than what is a bit more sensible okay also does not fundamentally change my enjoyment
1: of a fantastic episode but unlike picard unlike now star trek discovery going out on its fifth and final season john favreau says there are no plans to stop making the mandalorian so with that it's time to hit the hunt clanking and hammering over the Star Wars card, now including an IG droid, and the armorer gives way to liquid poured into a vat. A forge is fired up in a cave where the armorer shapes a broad piece of Beskar into a helmet, which she then paints and prepares to present as Drum's Pound.
0: Pete, may I point out that since you were wrong about how they would do the previously on, it is suspicious you have skipped over that entirely. We had discussed what they say (laughs) previously on The Mandalorian, previously on The Book of Boba Fett, previously on Star Wars. How about just previously um, and then not show anything from Book of Boba Fett, which was a choice in and of itself. But uh, indeed, Pete, the armorer uh, having the creation here, uh, creating the youngling's helmet it's not supposed to look vaguely like a death star right that's just how a sheet of round metal which would make sense for a helmet looks when you have a circle of heat on it right i shouldn't read into that as a symbol that's just sometimes armorers make armor right
1: yeah i think so
0: rats there goes all my star death star theories anyhow um we see the helmet cast the elements forged uh not crazy about the fairly flat paint put on it Uh, just a personal style i know both your major league baseballs helmets sometimes as well as the fast and furious cars have flat paint but i wouldn't mind a little shine on there uh outside what earth people might call footage taken at lake powell if the lake doesn't entirely disappear um the, the helmet is brought out to a boy in the water other mandalorians jimmy kimmel's nephew H- whose nephew jimmy
1: kimmels oh
0: I, it's funny i on first view everything was wonderful and new and you're just taking yeah, the return of the mandalorian the show and so forth on second view i'm like yeah the camera is favoring this kid because he's a vip somehow they did not go to like central casting and be like hey we found some kid in like i don't know north dakota who's just sent in the perfect tape and we're going to pull him up so all right jimmy kimmel's ne- nephew there um uh, pete obviously we've seen the the armorer uh doing all this preparation noticing of course the character of heavy infantry which i feel like has never been indeed um i I like it's never i mean i think we're all assuming that it's john favreau doing the voice i don't think it's ever him in the suit pete what is it any actor actually in the suit that's that's neither here nor there of course um so regardless of uh, the, the words are spoken and so forth uh the boy's given his helmet uh water is drawn and uh, the boy swears never to remove his his but wait pete what comes out of the water
1: little difficult to believe in such a shallow area that this massive alligator or is it a crocodile or is it a space beast that looks like either uh but sure enough she sensed it and there's a little bit of a rumble before it shows up i guess they must have encountered them before and we'll talk in theories why exactly you'd build your mandalorian covert next to a place with massive beasts like this
0: uh the credits
1: will show
0: that they had a more alien look planned i I kind of would have liked that look uh, that you see in the credits, um, but there is something, of course, undeniably effective about the the, the natural design of a gator's snout. Uh, fine, it has a turtle back shell because it's alien and so forth. Let's just remember, Pete, uh, the natural design of alligators and crocodiles—you know—haven't changed for millions and millions of years because it's a really solid design. So, worst comes to worst, you go to nature, you pull from there. Uh, with that, Mandalorians fly up; they put charges on its back that does not fill the creature grapple lines are fired and set uh, and i want to point out notice in this scene that the camera work has been set up in a way where the camera can't quite keep the giant creature in frame both because it keeps moving and because it's too big that's what spielberg did in jurassic park and that's part of the reason why some of the other jurassic uh movies and other kind of monster movies sometimes fail a little bit because the camera can help sell the size by not being able to capture all the size at once.
1: Yeah. It's effective. The children are rushed inside and we've got Mandalorians getting tossed and using flamethrowers, all this action going on. The ones that have grappled onto it, the beast then decides to roll like an alligator and thrash about pulling them into the water on those lines. One is caught beneath and the armor advances sliding under a massive claw to help him up and carry him out. She's knocked to the ground and the boy even runs to her and then stands amazed when Paz swoops in and pushes him down to protect him in a desperate last stand with his big heavy gun want a blast from a speeding n1 starfighter oh wait this is not a dinjarin flashback this is now i
0: think it's a smart way to open a season that we're going to get more into mandalore uh, mandalorian culture to show this
1: Mandalore.
0: (laughs) indeed the lore of mandalore um it's not a massive fake out that this is not a flashback but i think the fact how about this way it is a passive fake out i think it's a really good use of that um love of course the return of the 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 custom naboo n1 starfighter that uh i guess we should mention too pete kind of some mild gnashing of teeth this week oh what do you mean you didn't tell me that things happened in the other show involving a mandalorian wearing armor that happened in the last three years like uh, okay i don't know what to tell you other than you had an opportunity to see the book of boba fett if you're still uh, concerned where this uh, great new space car came from you can still go back and watch the book of boba fett and it's all there for you
1: and they also explain it in this show okay he's got a new ride all right he returned the child he returned to him so it's all there um, the armorer and Paz watch as the N one starfighter turns and fires a torpedo into the belly of the great beast, blasting Viscera everywhere and killing it. An appropriate amount
0: of, of gristle, by the way, a Disney plus appropriate amount. Enough <laughs> to say that it has innards, but not so much that you might be worried about things.
1: Right. A ship lands and Dinjar and opens the cockpit as they watch from a beach covered in those guts and grogu pops up in his little viewport to wave taking us to the title card for chapter 17 the
0: apostate uh we discussed last week how the titles for this show tend to be pretty direct and not only is this about the main character the apostate but it's also you know a commentary on his current status and his desire to remove that title etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, we move inside into the forge where Mando approaches the armorer he has saved uh, everyone but he's reminded why he is Mandalorian no more he removed his helmet and worse of his own free will um, he cannot be redeemed due to the destruction of Mandalore however he has a, a piece of of green glass uh, that has an inscription on it um, he's told that uh perhaps despite the destruction of mandalore that the, since Jawaz got this piece of glass got it from a traitor who claims to have been to mandalore perhaps the planet itself is not poisoned maybe mando can nonetheless go there and prove that he has bathed in the living waters uh and thus have the creed of exile lifted um maybe pete it's something that could take uh, the course of
1: the season to happen i don't know the armor says that it only proves that the surface has been crystallized by fusion rays. Uh, but Dinjarin says that if the traveler was able to retrieve it, perhaps it's not poisoned. And that's an aspect we're really not clear on. We've seen in a flashback, again, in the aforementioned Book of Boba Fett, we've had mention in the show, Um, of the mandalorian that it had been bombed boba fett said it was turned to glass well here's a piece of glass not quite clear on the fusion rays and the poison but i would imagine with two episodes matt screened at the premiere perhaps the second one gets into that mando lore on mando lore uh but the creed uh, and the decree of exile would be lifted and he'd be redeemed, right? Look at Brogu there, you know, his cute little Beskar chainmail underneath his uh, little robe. And uh, Din Djarin tells the Armorer he will see her again before they leave.
0: We cut to hyperspace and it occurred to me that this is perhaps more... More of a view of hyperspace than we've ever seen before. Certainly, we're not used to two characters sitting with so much glass around them. Uh, indeed, Grogu looks out uh, into this wispy other realm. We see shadows and forms. Pete, is this confirmed? Is this the one with the space whales? <laughs>
1: um, it looks like Dinjar is sleeping at this point. And you know hyperspace as a storytelling tool. Okay, you go fast, and sometimes you go fast for a little longer than other times, because uh, other things need to happen off-screen, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but for just Grogu, through the swirling pattern here and the magic of stagecraft and, and the volume, to see the shadow here faintly at first of a tentacled creature. Uh, watching in wonder as larger shadows appear in what seems to be a school of them. Uh, These shadows, of course, are of Purgles, characters only ever seen in animation in Star Wars Rebels that we will really talk about in our theory segment. But Grogu leaves his viewpoint and pops into the cockpit to rest in din's arms as their journey continues
0: i know you had referenced that this is a new puppet and i don't think that you can spot the differences but the i felt like this was a more expressive and complete compliment here not not shockingly more expressive but i just felt like there was an imperceptible difference here uh and just the extra expressive nature just just so lovely Uh, Mando ultimately flies his N1 to our former dirt city, uh, where (laughs) Navarro has mud city, uh, Pete in the dry season, it was, it was dirt city. Um, but Navarro indeed has flourished. Uh, he tells the expositional, uh, expositional, uh, voice there that, uh, that, uh, he's there to meet an old friend.
1: Yes. Uh, so the brighter greener navarro where this female voice welcomes them to the independent trade anchor and hyperlane port of the outer rim and his stated purpose to meet that old friend as they land and stroll through the streets another droid welcoming them to the gem of the outer rim and says that they're esteemed high magistrate welcomes them all sorts of food vendors the chopping droid model seen in Jabba's palace in the book of boba fett aliens and their pets even some kawakian monkey lizards cackling in a tree looking down at grogu there in his new little hover pram but a white protocol droid invites them to visit the shops, enjoy local delicacies, marvel at the black lava canyons, or soak in the geothermal springs. And Dinjarin notes to Grogu that a lot has changed as children run and musicians play. And we see the statue glimpsed in season two of IG-11 standing triumphantly on the helmet's of stormtroopers in the square
0: pete as grief karga enters the scene here that's high magistrate grief karga to you pete i thought because i knew him for the last two seasons i could i could just call him grief karga you're right as the high magistrate rolls on in here i love this lovely detail of the droid wheels holding up his excess uh of robes it's It's just train yeah i mean it's it's (laughs) it's it's when your costume is telling a story and you know fine this is a shorter episode than some episodes and so forth just the 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 notion here of there's a train and you need a thing to help deal with the train it's just there's pomp and circumstance there and excess and so forth um mando does note that this doesn't even look like the same place because pete sometimes you completely rebuild your set um probably i'm just off the top of my head probably the main street set got quite rebuilt for book of boba fett i imagine from here uh whatever is real um probably has been been built on the bones of the book of boba fett tatooine um exterior and sure to sit and go wow in the amount of time that has gone by which may be two or three years or whatever Uh, sure there's been all this building and rejiggering and so forth absolutely i don't think pete i'm not aware of gnashing of teeth that the main street doesn't look the way it used to and if people are gnashing their teeth like come on let's, let's move on
1: yeah if anything i wonder if maybe there's a terraforming aspect that now they have brighter skies and a lot more green but you know all this as the thriving town uh, is described, they head up to a tower looking down where Griefkarga's office is located. and Grogu uses the force to spin around in a chair, which is just delightful. Um, as we're told that Navarro is now an official trade spur of the Hydean way, uh, which Dinjarin congratulates Griefkarga on. They've had this construction boom in the city that had nothing to do with other productions at all. Belters are mining asteroid fields at the edge of the system, and there's a lot of money to be made there. Uh, Grief can even set Din up with a prime tract by the hot springs so he can settle down with the little one, hang up his plaster, and live off the fat of the land. Oh, hey grief the little one's name is grogu come again uh yeah no his name's grogu if he says so
0: uh manda repeats that uh you know essentially the end of season two in the book of boba fett has happened and so forth um and all the more reason that he does not want to live here as landed gentry he he's got a new mission and so forth uh, but their conversation is interrupted by that protocol droid side note totally appreciate that from the neck down it's your same standard you know c3po design there um it just it was one of those things oh it's got a different head like
1: and green eyes
0: yeah it's like hey that that just makes sense like you know like it's not all the same c3po model that's out there at uh, ad infinitum Um, But anyhow, the protocol droid saying that, uh, in in my words, Pete, there be pirates here.
1: In the courtyard, pirates of the courtyard. Uh, And Din accompanies Grief to see Vane, his old friend, and his pirate buddies who want to join him for a drink. And Grief wants to continue this in his office because the saloon is now a school, which we had seen before. And Vane says that explains why the teacher droid won't let him inside. <laughs> After all, it was Grief Carga's cut of Vane's boss's treasure that built the saloon. And Grief uses dialogue as exposition here to lay out that Pirate King, Gorian Shard's name, is familiar to all in the sector. Um so Vane should join him for a drink back in his office where they'll toast to his captain, but Vane insists they drink there, even though it's a school now, Uh, and Vane says it's still a bar. And Din, at this point, inserts himself to ask if there's a problem, not if they serve him a drink, but grief, again, insistent not at the school, uh, which Vane points out there uh that grief karga paid them for murder and mayhem inside those doors and then shows his blaster because he thinks that grief karga has gone soft
0: and uh well is he soft karga shows his holster too uh mando steps away eagle-eyed viewers will note that he he kind of turns away so that his left shoulder is pointing uh the pirates here which means his gun hip is away from the action hidden from view he's able to prepare to unholster as well vane draws and karga shoots the blaster away uh, and sends the pirates on their way um pause the action for a moment to just say this is a nice character moment of course for high magistrate grief karga in that i think we're going to get more from him beyond this episode and the fact that you know yes he's high up in that building and yes he's you know grand poobah of uh navarro and so forth but it's a reminder that he can still do the star wars fighting and shooting stuff
1: with dinjar and having cut down these four other pirates asks if it's smart to let Vane go. Uh, But Grief says he'll uh, let his other pirate buddies know that Navarro is respectable now and not to be trifled with, because that totally won't be a part of the season or this episode moving forward. Uh, He tells his protocol droid to have service droids scrub those pirates up, and Grief levels with Din Djarin. He needs a marshal. But what about Marshall Dune?
0: Pete, she was recruited by special forces and was never heard from again. On uh, January 6th. <laughs> so uh in 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 a story possibility that never occurred to me, uh high magistrate Grief Carga says, So Amanda, are you ready to be a lawman with stripes? Um and of course, you know, we know there's a certain season arc here that's not necessarily <laughs> It's not conducive for Mando to say yes in this episode.
1: We also know there's another marshal out and about.
0: That as well. Perhaps that's an even better uh, place for him eventually. Um, but uh, why not, you know, loop in the government here? Pete, High Magistrate Grief Carga isn't going to hand over local oversight for this, this you know, self-run business district to some far-off power in Tallahassee, Okay so what does mando need mando notes that he needs ig-11 motions to the statue well that's just a statue right well it is made of his parts right uh karga does try to sell him on getting another droid any other droid um but in the next scene the passage of time has occurred and we see that uh, the the body the main body of the statue is now gone and the story takes us back to grief karga's office complex
1: Yes, the torso here, the head, and the left arm, which Din works on as Grogu and Grief watch. He hooks him up to power, and then the hands and the head start to work. Rises up and sees Grogu reciting his program about terminating the asset, and Din gets him, Grogu, right out of his reach, at just the right moment here, um, and fires on IG 11, who crawls towards him. Very reminiscent, Matt. It's the same parts, it's the same side, even as Anakin after he is burned <laughs> and crawls from the lava. Um, ultimately, grabbing uh, Din Djarin's boot before he tosses Grogu to grief and then the protocol droid comes to the unwitting rescue here, bumping into a bust of Grief carga that smashes down on IG-11. That's how you
0: make a robot stew, baby. <laughs> uh, ultimately, at least within the moment, uh, th- this whole IG-11 thing was a bad idea, but nope, we're going to stick with it. Uh, let's go see, says High Street Grief Karga, the best droid smiths around. Um, a wonderfully amusing moment. They're just you know in the middle of some side street. Okay, let's go to the best droid smiths. No, wait, we're here. Look down at the little entryway there. Uh, it's the Anzellans, like Babu Frick. Pete, can you make clear for me? Is this Babu Frick? Is this Babu Frick's cousin? What's going on?
1: So it is the same actress voicing them. None of these characters is Babu Frick. It doesn't mean we won't get. And I am holding out hope we get one of my top tier favorite characters in Babu Frick, but I will take all the Anzellan action I can get here. And this scene only affirms that the uh, Anzellan at the door asks what's they, what they want and Grogu coos as some foreshadowing of what's about to go down in the shop where they work on IG 11 uh, the the broken English, delightful here out of the little aliens when they're not speaking their own tongue. they can't fix the, the broken, it broke. And Dinjarin can't understand at first their broken language as he squats in their shop, massive uh, comparatively, do they speak hates, but the delightful, Story and dialogue trick here of Carl Weathers outside the shop, who will translate the things we already understand.
0: Yeah, it's just a, a delightful moment here. Pete, It's the opposite of best Star Wars ever and or where people are tortured and where there's 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 just all sorts of psychological weight. You know, can Star Wars actually be funny, Pete? I guess we'll find out here um but some of that dialogue as you said the memory circuit is toast this one is doo. um can't be fixed without a memory circuit so mando says I hey. no think <laughs> what if mando can bring a circuit uh with that uh cute on cute as grogu um overly hugs one of the Enzillans here um just a delightful moment and pete i'll just barely mention that as the Uh, and zelen is pulled away you can see the puppets control wire for a moment uh that's okay maybe pete by the time people hear this it will have been painted out just like hashtag jeans guy from was that
1: season two of mandalorian or was that season one it was season two i have still not on i think i'm up to four watches seen the uh string um Matt, there are no strings on aliens, particularly cute ones that Grogu thinks are a pet. No squeezy, not squeeze, bad baby. And to have Din apologizing for him that he's still young here, 50 plus years of age, uh, and then tries to go again to just have his own little alien teddy bear this this is everybody's Star Wars. This is not, like, just the people that, you know, think Andor is is too hardcore. It's not, okay? You can have your adult Star Wars, and you can have the childlike fun of the Mandalorian, and they can all exist, and it can all be good. I wonder if
0: this is, like, the... um the multiplicative power of merch like we all want grogu merch but grogu wants anzillin merch therefore (laughs) is anzillin merch the next i have both
1: i I have a, a talking babu frick with his little blowtorch, and uh i i have my grogu and uh yeah like you you put them together it's chocolate and peanut butter man like everybody likes this Well, Pete, buckle up, because Mando
0: is now off on what those bloggers call a side quest. But we call a new curve to the story map here. Uh, Mando in space tells Grogu how to navigate the galaxy in a ship. This is the map. This is the blinky. This is the pushy. This is the uh, space radar that turns red showing pirates. (laughs) On Um, cue. (laughs) On cue, indeed. On cue, indeed. I mean... Look, I didn't need any reminding. I don't think you needed any reminding. This whole show, the 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 pen of the author is never too far from being—I won't say obvious, but like, oh man, the vain thing from three scenes ago is now brought up here to further propel the story and to give us a—I don't know what do they call it when there's a battle in the in in space, like a Star Wars, briefly. Like we get the big space shootout scene with. You know, Star Wars style space shooting, a very welcome uh, moment here as Vane looks for revenge and it's time to fight three on one, nay, six on one.
1: Yeah, that he'll answer to Pirate King Captain Gorion Shard now. Dinjarin says that Shard should just stick to hijacking and ransoming before speeding off, and they chase uh din puts grogu in his bandolier at the front of him that makes sense when they go spinning and the gravity kind of takes over so he doesn't fall uh out those other bogeys joining the fight before uh the nabu starfighter downs one with five chasing as grogu giggles here we know he's already a speed demon from the end of book of boba fett loves it When they push the throttle button, there's hiding who has eyes on the Mandalorian. And then another pirate ship blows up behind an asteroid. And then still another down to three when the uh, N1 appears behind the remaining three, blows up another, and then another is shot down and crashes into some sort of mining complex referenced by Grief Karga. In that asteroid belt. And Vane says that he is bringing the Mandalorian to his captain. Who as he clears the asteroid belt. There is a massive pirate ship striped there. It's got the the look of a pirate ship. Of a space galleon if you will. And several cannons with pirates in them. Target a lock.
0: Isn't it also a... Uh, the ship i'm talking about here isn't it also of the same design of the i want to say it was rogue one but it's like those like heavy cruisers that have a cleaver pusher thing in the front that can be used to
1: push other ships Um, i haven't seen that directly i know we have at least one uh piece of mail that references that may have appeared in a video game before uh yeah it's a it's a pirate ship man that may have been repurposed yeah if nothing else i kind of
0: i kind of read it as what might have been a brand new battleship 30 years ago i.e the clone wars era give or take um you know now of course you can get the you you can get one that's been stripped of all weapons wink wink buy it for whatever you want wink wink then go take it over to the the gun you know the the gun outfitter and now you, now you got yourself a pirate ship um we see the pirate king pirate captain here wonderful alien design the moss beard and all of it uh, you know i think is there an argument to be made that it would have been cheaper for it to just be a guy in a latex mask that you already have from book of boba fett like you did with a lot of the uh, you know a lot of uh Vane and his and, and his ilk uh, sure, this is a fantastic new character and I can't wait to see more of him maybe, probably, this season. If not, um, you know, wherever he's going to show up again, great, great character.
1: The cane there as a pirate affect. Um, I've made the comparison myself. The little swamp thing going on, the red of the eyes. Best comparison I've seen is someone called him Salad the Hut on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. <laughs> and uh, telling Dinjarin that he's got him outgunned here. Uh, the Mandalorian says he has no quarrel with Gorian Shard. Uh, but that's some kind sentiment after he just destroyed four of his fighters. This adding to the four pirates he killed on the surface. Uh, so if the Mandalorian surrenders his ship, he will spare his life. Uh it's at this point that Dinjarin tells Grogu to never trust a pirate and speeds off over the growling of Pirate King Gorian Shard. Later
0: Mando arrives at the planet of Kalevala. Um, it's a, another planet in the Mandalorian system. Uh, so good bit of geography there. Uh Mando flies towards a Mandalorian castle, looking distinctly so, you know, you got your standard uh gray steely edges and so forth. Uh he lands as a droid looks on. Um I did find it a little bit interesting that at no point does he say anything to the droid. So good job, droid being, I don't know, the butler. Um inside in I mean, clearly what's meant to be a throne room, but when you see kind of the side the side view of it also has the feeling of a religious space. So throne room Same slash class yeah.
1: much like in uh, the Mandalorian animation of their capital that we've seen before.
0: Yeah. Just really, really great design here. Uh, of course on the throne in this empty question mark castle is uh Bo Katan. She lazily regards him. Uh, he says that uh, he's there to join her. there's nothing left to join she has no dark saber all her forces have melted away the stolen fleet has been dispersed into mercenary actions and so forth um so of course she's not particularly motivated to help out there mando reaffirms that he has the dark saber uh she says that he could lead the people but of course he was not thinking of the people when mando and his ilk uh had, had left the planet far before it was destroyed so i have to admit pete i was surprised that this was not a pick up go b- bo katan and go have adventures kind of moment uh in fact if anything i know we're kind of mid-scene in the recap but spoiler alert she's not about to hop into that n one starfighter that doesn't have room for her
1: yeah uh and katie Sakov who you know new wig here passage of time longer hair spoke out this week about you know believing in her heart that somebody like scarlett johansson would get this role and that she would be allowed to reprise the role she originally voiced this a different tact than what they did with ahsoka tano uh and what a special thing this is i mean amongst sci-fi fans she is a household name um, Battlestar Galactica, you know, being the the biggest of her credits, and just the way here reclined, you know, the helmet off, nobody but a but a solitary droid around. It's this forlorn aspect to her that really rejoins her story in an interesting way. Um, of course, after you know, not. Being the one to rest the dark saber from Moff Gideon, um, but uh, Dinjarin tells her that uh, he's going to Mandalore so that he can bathe in those living waters and be forgiven for his transgressions, which she calls him a fool for because there's nothing magic about the mines that supplied Beskar or to their ancestors. The rest is superstition. The planet has been ravaged, plundered, pirates, hmm, interesting, and poisoned. So there's that aspect again. But Din Djarin says that she previously said the curse of Mandalore is a lie and to make up her mind. So she says that if he wants to go to the mines, he can be her guest. They are beneath the civic center <laughs> in the city of Sundari. And he thanks her and says that he will find out if it's really poisoned because apparently he's going to bring a baby there. <laughs> and as he leaves, just the way in which Katie Sackhoff says goodbye to Din Djarin is enough to give you goosebumps.
0: And there she is relaxing. Uh, one line away from saying, for relaxing times, make it Sundari times. <laughs> But indeed, she says goodbye, and I have to admit, Pete, I was a bit surprised that that's the end of the episode.
1: Let's chase down some theories. Where is this Mandalorian covert, and how did this alligator crocodile beast sneak up in such shallow water?
0: i don't know that there's a specific star wars planet, at least based on my knowledge that would that would answer that i mean short of it's deserty, so all desert planets are tatooine um I, i do think in the best way this planet this location cuts both ways in terms of i think that we are meant to have by and large some appreciation for um this sect of mandalorians and the things which they hold dear i mean not for nothing our title character holds dear their principles and they keep the helmet on and and all of that um particularly as a driver for this season but i also think 17 episodes into this show were meant to be somewhat suspicious of the orthodoxy um that dinjarin follows so i think again i think both of those aspects i think are summed up with like fine they've chosen a covert that appears to be out of the way and suits their needs and things like that but it's also yeah we're going to have you we're, we're going to repeat the the um the, the the habit here of you know bathing not in the in the living waters in the mines of mandalore but in this waterside spot it also happens to be shark infested waters that we're going to have you swim in uh because our orthodoxy says you got to go do a water thing So again, I think the whole... I mean, it it is an exciting, interesting moment. It gives us some character backstory, even though it's not literally Din Djarin who's getting the the helmet there at the beginning. It's all working in the same direction, including, I think, having us question a bit why their rules are what they are. Is
1: Jimmy Kimmel's nephew, Mandalorian child, Paz Vizsla's child?
0: I think that, interestingly, that is kind of implied in the camera work um so yes i mean beyond that is there evidence no i think there's just there's an emotional suggestion there with the fact that paz visla comes in and helps do some of the saving and so forth um i wouldn't mind some dialogue at some point this season to kind of give us a little background how paz Vizla and the armorer made their way from a covert of two now three now you're out Mando two um, to 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 expand their 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 group here. Pete, any thoughts have we do we want to make an argument that enough time has gone by that this is also the armorer's child or or probably not, right?
1: I don't think it's hers, although that's certainly a possibility or just like you know a lot of the other Mandalorians, particularly within this sect cult as Bo-Katan refers to them foundlings people picked up taken into the fold here and indoctrinated um we've talked about the mando lore that we're going to get this season and you know that's really the focus the piece the relic that Dinjarin presents here with the writing with the inscription and you have to imagine when he and Grogu go to Mandalore, that there's going to be additional exposition there. Yeah, and for me,
0: one of the things I'm looking, f- I'm keeping an eye out for this season is how much of that kind of uh, Mandalorian mythos do they give in a show whose initial concept at the beginning of season one, you know, lone gunfighter. Him going from place to place, um, in the back orders and so forth. I know even in season one, we were getting less of that, you know, slightly resurgent empire uh factions and so forth. Season two a little bit more with um for those who want to put the pieces together, a little bit more in season two of early cloning plans and things that would end up uh impacting the sequel trilogy and all of that. Again, I'll just be interested. Do we get more kind of empire mythology? We know we're getting some of those characters again this season. How much is further explanations of Mandalorian culture? Time will tell.
1: How about, Matt, the traveler that got this and the Jawas came into possession of it. Could we maybe know that traveler? Uh, Possibly...
0: You know, there's always this thing in Star Wars, people complain when it's too interconnected, when your robot's dad is also your Luke Skywalker's dad, who's now the adoptive father of Rey, sort of, and all of that. But then when things are completely thrown to the wind, you say, well, this isn't authentically Star Wars with like the characters that I know or versions of them and that that sort of thing. Who would you propose might be the traveler who's been there? Could this be the Jude Law character from Skeleton Crew. Um I am constantly on the lookout this season, having learned the lesson in rewatch of last season, I'm on the lookout this season for more spin off points uh to occur. And our latest understanding is that Skeleton Crew is still coming out this calendar year. I would say if there is some sort of slight slowdown for that, fine. I'd say somewhere in the winter of 24 um, if somebody's going to show up it'll be Jude Law Um, I think that's a fair that's a really fair prediction
1: so people have gone to evidently the surface of Mandalore have taken things away from it Bo-Katan tells us later it's been plundered Uh, we have pirates will we see others on the surface of mandalore uh looking for things looking for trouble a mix of both i'm reminded of how um
0: people still go to chernobyl now people still mm-hmm. visit that area and how i mean you, uh, all i could say is if that's your if that's your bag good luck because you know what you're potentially dealing with
1: but just well, this now, notion in the with the ukraine war yeah uh but before it was it was only lethal now it's doubly lethal
0: but just the notion that i mean even 20 years ago i remember seeing a, a blog literally 20 years ago of of a woman who was going there and would put on the radiation suit and had a geiger counter and i think it was she'd either ride a bike or ride a motorcycle but like it was known through kind of trial and error hey if you drive on the middle of the paved road the Geiger counter is okay you go to the sides of the road it starts ticking you need to pay attention to that tick but also flip side there are safe areas the the safe areas are deeper than you think as long as you're just like it needs to always be under whatever the number is as long as as that Geiger counter is under the number five I should be okay there are wide swaths where it's okay I would suspect that we're going to see a similar situation there on mandalore that this this absolute you know if only star wars can deal in absolutes this absolute of the planet is poisoned kaput north south east west every spot on the map no good that seems like an absolute meanwhile to go there and say i mean just, just to think right off the bat we know that the show the mandalorian will have a goal from a to b but mando has a has a quote-unquote side quest or is slowed on the way i could imagine him finally reaching mandalorian uh, mandalore going to the civic center on sundari and you know hey right here is okay but over there is space radiation that's the stairwell down oh no no answer and then there's some solution which is to go to another planet to get the lead suit or whatever it might be the, the the pockets of safety and lack of safety just breed a way to tell uh, eight episodes of story.
1: It's an interesting comparison to Chernobyl. And let's not forget the aspect to that. Death watch. The watch was not on Mandalore when this occurred, they had already splintered off. So it's been a long time since they've interacted with this place and in Din Djarin, this is someone who's never been to the home world of these people that he's become a part of. Um, this aspect of why it's crystallized because of the fusion rays. All right, bombs did bad things. But the possibly poisoned aspect is interesting. Like, all right, they used space nukes
0: you you raise a good point here just that with which ties back to my earlier point with death watch that you know their their orthodoxy is such that they might not be questioning you know a second look at the planet let's hop in a spaceship and go take a look there and see see if the damage is as bad and universal as we thought and so forth um so so yeah i think that Look, we have this. We have in the first episode this insurmountable, seemingly insurmountable uh, block here, that, which is he can't go to the one place he needs. Um, okay, clearly we know we're headed there, and I look forward to seeing what the solutions are.
1: The pergle space whale and the whales plural that Grogu sees. The implication that Dinjarin didn't. There is a seeming force sensitivity to them. Um, in Star Wars Rebels, Ezra Bridger, who has been cast for the Ahsoka series, which is basically a live action fifth season of that show. Um, you know, spoiler here if you've not watched that, and if you haven't, you should go check it out for sure. Uh, towards the end, the finale of the show. Uh, uses those space whales, which they had come into contact with before and who can travel at hyperspeed, uh, to grab a hold of uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn's ships and take them out in a way. So Ezra and Thrawn exit the story that way long before the original Star Wars and the narrative later on is that they've never reappeared um so you said looking out for spinoff points matt if not something directly dealt with this season again this is what's coming for the ahsoka show yeah and and i I, you know i I suppose
0: now is as good a time as any to kind of (laughs) make sure that we've said okay you've predicted the possibility that we're going to see jude laud's uh, skeleton crew character showing up ditto i think you know, I, I would not be surprised to see ahsoka show up in this season I know we talked in some of the preview podcasts about do they go for the brass ring of you know luke skywalker han solo etc um i suppose the jury is still out i, I don't Lando pl-
1: would never interact with pilot pirates right <laughs> um yeah i feel like the
0: jury is still out just in terms of you know again it'd be one thing if he's like i can't wait to go see the millennium falcon or you know something that would be overly obvious but um again certainly like uh, again 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 ahsoka and skeleton crew as last we heard are both slated to come out this year there's no reason why they wouldn't show up in some capacity here
1: is navarro terraforming to give it now the blue skies and the greenery or is this just visual for and this place is becoming a nice place to live i hadn't even noticed the sky
0: relative to other times we've seen navarro oh it's always been overcast and cloudy i'll take it all right i'll take it just more as we are showing visually that like we're going to stop filtering the sky because now it is a nice place, not a not an oppressive place. You want to say there's story reasons there? Could it be terraforming? Sure. Could it be there's less pollution now, or there's less you know people aren't burning their garbage out back? High magistrate G- grief car <laughs> you know leading to ash in the air and so forth. Grief carga has put in a garbage delivery, uh, garbage removal system. Um Short of the show turning, you know, let's go to the terraforming plant and have a shootout adventure there. Short of that, I just—it's probably one of those things that that I think sometimes we take for granted that you know f- film and TV universes that are so well defined. We say, well, surely they've defined everything, and sometimes it's just like, shoot, I don't know, blue sky because it's nice and gray sky because it's not nice. What's the difference? I don't know. Sci-fi something, something. There doesn't, there doesn't always necessarily need to be an answer there. I would suspect that maybe in this micro writer's room of three people that perhaps there isn't an answer. It's just, it's nice out. So blue skies.
1: Navarro is now on the Heidian way here. So this referenced uh, you know space lane that's come up in all sorts of other Star Wars media
0: um yeah and again this notion too uh, coming at an interesting time perhaps some people uh picked up on my on my wordplay in the recap this notion that uh navarro with its iconic main street and um you know castle at the center of it all so if ever you're lost you could find the the griefs cinderella's castle the fact that it wants to be self-running and have less government input and so forth. Just interesting. Obviously, this was shot well before some of the Disney and Florida uh, goings-on of late. But uh, there, Navarro is trying to have its its I, I don't know um ma- magic magistrate them uh,
1: to just be able to run itself, man. The running joke of Grogu's name here, um, dinjarin accepted it. It was never oh, that's a funny name. That's silly didn't take the solo Chewbacca, well, I'm not going to call you that because it's too long, just accepted it. But to have Pelimato say, that's a silly name, I'm not going to call you that. And now to have and and make a joke of it, that Grief cargas is like, yeah, if, if you say that's his name, uh, there needs to be more of this.
0: <laughs> I wonder how much of that is a response to the to portions of the fandom or how much of that is just truly John Favreau is in his office and imagining, you know, well, Pelly is going to, you know, Pelly is going to take things less seriously and grief is going to take things with a different air and so forth. Um, But if nothing else, I think it does mirror the fact that among other things, you can still go and say baby Yoda to people and they understand it. You know, you might then say Grogu and casual fans, uh, or people who haven't seen the show but are aware of the character, you know, or like, wait, uh, what's that? Oh, it's the baby Yoda. Great, got it.
1: Vane, Gorian Shard, and the pirates present a really interesting aspect, I think, to this season and, you know, the types of stories they can tell. It is.
0: And they're kind of big in story potential, they're big in a way that we have not seen as much from the mandalorian in two seasons uh i'm thinking of the season one episode where they're you know they're on the um the the prison transport ship super fantastic episode but again it's kind of like limited to like here is the bad guy base we're gonna launch to this ship we're gonna you know we have we have a crew of five or so we're, we're releasing one person um similarly even for season two some of the stuff on the uh the the light cruiser uh with the death not the death troopers with the the what are the robot troopers called dark troopers the dark troopers there you go um again wide expanse but it's like this is a little ship with one room of perhaps 20 robot guys the notion that there's just a big old you know to my eyes repurposed clone wars uh type ship which you know decent size to it um and here it is there's just a bunch of space pirates out there i mean it must be setting up story action um in the second half of the season that would be my guess
1: is hondo onaka coming to live action form
0: i don't know that you need hondo this season this is when I listened back in six months after we've had a wonderful <laughs> Hondo Arc and how we thought he was going to get killed off, but he shows up in Galaxy's Edge at a later point, and then he comes back from the and I go just you should have agreed with Pete, but Pete, my view right now is we have such great new and vibrant characters here like this you know th- this pirate crew, um, and if you're going to have Hondo show up, I feel like you could save that for Ahsoka. Now, perhaps, of course, the reverse could be true. Maybe he shows up and say, you know, oh, I'm going to go take this to my friend Ahsoka or whatever that might be. But as of right now, with a whole seven episodes left, but also feels like I wish it was more than seven episodes, I would vote no. Grief
1: Karga has some trouble coming around his bustling up-and-coming a port here he needs a marshal it's not going to be dinjarin uh cob vanth.
0: yeah i think that's a great uh prediction and one that you had you had floated uh though not by name earlier in the podcast there cob vanth is after the adventures of book of boba fett having helped uh you know help fight the fight there he was gunned down dead question mark shown in the uh the post credit scene as in the back of the tank um it's right there it's right there particularly with you know with the way the star wars geography can be very very far away like obviously navarro is not close to tatooine but it's also just a quick you know mando can hop over there and say hey glad to hear you're feeling better Boba Fett told me because he was in the, the last episode, I'm imagining. Um somebody needs a marshal. You know, all the pieces are there. He is the marshal uh of the the so named Book of Boba Fett. I think it was no, pardon me, that was a Mandalorian episode. Um yeah, it's right there, and it's right there to among other things, let's not forget, there still are plans at some point to do some sort of Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, skeleton crew. Uh, team-up adventure, so why not continue to keep uh, Marshall Cobb Vanth in the story as well?
1: Some people online have said he'd never leave the, uh, the people of Freetown, former Moss Pelgo, but they have been beset by Cad Bane, they've had spice runners around there and yes while that was cleared up at the end of the book of boba fett you know that and a crate dragon that terrorized them and they had some issues with tuscan raiders they could always go with marshall vanth to a thriving and bustling welcoming new environment like navarro if that w- if
0: the story wanted to concern itself with the people of Freetown, you're absolutely right. Here's another option. You could solve it in one sentence. Since Boba Fett said he was extending protection to Freetown, that means I'm out of a job. So sure thing, Mandalorian, I'll help you be a marshal over there. You know, bing, bang, boom. Um, yes, I would agree that Cobb Vanth is int- uh, intensely loyal to his people, his town, a free town, but that's not to say that you can't have him be loyal and stop being loyal. You know, stop, stop, uh, acting in their, in their service, uh, with as little as one sentence.
1: Are we definitively done with Kara Dune? There's that nebulous statement. Oh, she's off there. And she was important with the development of Din Djarin early on, but recruited by special forces, Gina Carano having been let go, the spinoff um, Rangers of the New Republic uh, seemingly axed, is there a path back?
0: In the short term, no. Um, and I I do think that... Look, I don't know to what degree Favreau and Filoni or... You want to now zoom out to the corporate level, include Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm uh, leadership. You want to zoom out more Disney leadership. I think probably all of them would agree there's no upside to, like, Gina Crono's not filming this season, period. There's no upside to, you know, upsetting a certain kind of uh, internet dweller by then saying, oh man, and her ship exploded or things of that sort. It's just to put the character on timeout, with the impression that there's character trajectory. Um, I think serves all serves all needs. Um, now, farther down the line, is there a way back? I, you know, I suppose. Um, and, and again, you know, I look at this list of things that we podcast and we watch and we enjoy. You know, we're getting next month there still will be new star trek the next generation episodes if you will in picard season three a show that you know went off the air in 1994 so would i could there be circumstances and whatnot where uh after a period of time and reflection um gina carano uh has done what she needed to do and now the character is back again never say never it's just As far as we can look ahead, which is this season and maybe next season, which you have said Pete starts filming in October, um, as far as we can look there, I would say no.
1: Moff Gideon sent off to a new Republic War Tribunal. Giancarlo Esposito was on hand for the big two-episode premiere. When's he going to rear his head? (sighs) i'd say maybe
0: some first appear somewhere in the middle of this season um i think the pacing of this show the pacing of each season has been so uh so smart and also i mean obviously the the we didn't know what the pacing was in the first season but the second season where we did have a sense that sometimes all the story threads come together and then the beginning of the second season you know unpedaled that did not not backpedal just kind of unpedaled it to go he's going here now we have we have some more kind of self-contained stories as we go along the way with the overall arc um i don't think he shows up next week and we kind of you know pour pour fuel into the afterburners with that portion of the story while we're still trying to put together a wobbly path to get to mandalore and to have him bathe in the waters etc
1: what is the IG eleven trajectory? Little confusing. Mando leaves Navarro. Oh, I will get the memory part you need. Uh and goes to see Bo-Katan and then presumably heads to Mandalore, right? Or is he going to the droid store before he goes to Mandalore?
0: I agree that the the path he takes in this episode particularly like i will now leave to go get a chip and we say ah this is another the mandalorian you know gamified quest where he has to turn off the main path and do stuff before he goes back to the main path and all that got it then it seems to not exactly follow in the next portion of the story um I do kind of call into question, I don't understand at this point the need to have IG 11 specifically. I mean, other than they want Taika Waititi's voice and, and so forth. Um but I don't I don't get why there's that versus debut a new cool droid um to us. Uh in fact, if anything, it's kind of like, hey, I appreciate the nostalgia trip, but come on, man, it's Star Wars. I might not be out buying this merch, but merch me up, baby. Give me a new character to get interested in. Um, and, and the fact that they're not doing it, Pete, that they're not feeding the merch thing, instead just saying, you already have your IG-11 plushie, you can still hug that. Like, It's very <laughs> disconcerting. They're supposed to make me want new stuff.
1: Is Navarro in trouble having angered these pirates and with Din Jarin off on a mission that would be a fun that would be a
0: fun way to make pete at the risk of being too highly technical here that would be a fun way to make story things happen um which is to say you know if mando is like all right now i really really am ready to go to um to mandalore uh but you know emergency message from um from uh uh navarro they're under attack from pirates i I feel like that's a very 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 possible um bit of story there all
1: right extend that antenna
0: pete we start on twitter where people could vote in the following way uh rating this episode with one castle bo-katan size uh, that got six percent uh that is s-i-g-h-s in terms of uh not that the castle or the view of the episode was bokatan was the size of Bokaton. um two explosions special forces promotion got four percent uh three robots killer episode got 40 percent, and then f- four baths ready to bathe got 50 percent. Some replies here on Twitter first from Noel uh, Gardner. It's at Noel Camille on Twitter. They really expected people to have seen the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, short but good episode. I need a whole series with the Anzalans. I'm only calling Grogu bad baby from now on. Also, it's time for that kid to speak. Also, also the hyperspace whales. Pete, we had a tweet from fred that's right admiral fred uh, petrified underscore fred crazy good finally a series episode where i can give an a plus or a 10 it's been a while greets fred from the netherlands uh next we hear from at steve Thurberge, who says this episode got the ball rolling like those things behind grief's cape uh it began with the main stories for the season one train gogu uh, grogu two pirates three Katan, and four bathe in the waters of lake manitoka uh there will be in manitonka manitonka indeed
1: like on uh Chappelle show <laughs> indeed
0: uh will there be a boba fett only episode trade-off dealing with pirates Ooh, that's I not a bad idea go for that yeah pay, pay it back we had yes yeah, i really like the
1: return that. of boba fett
0: yeah uh we hear from ben larson that's at larson ben the hyperspace travel scene seeing the Purgle for the first time in live action grogu marveling at it all may have been one of the most beautifully uh beautiful scenes in all of star wars add in an old west style shootout and a star wars style dogfight, and i love this episode uh next Arya needs a spin-off that's at kclyle1 on twitter really enjoyed it but i think people who didn't see boba fett might be a bit confused this seems more like episode two or three and boba fett was the first episode but whatever i had some great comedic moments nice space battle pirates katie sackoff and carl weathers it's all so good pete i'll pause this just for a second to say yes there are some people saying but wait i didn't watch book of boba fett and i feel punished as a result let's not forget that they want you watching these interconnected shows. They want the Marvel thing where you go, "Ah, you know what? I'm not really a Blade guy, but I'm going to go see Blade because Blade was hinted at in uh, the Eternals. And I also heard that this guy and that guy and the other one shows up in Blade and that uh, the baddie there might cause a thing that then leads into Captain America, New World Order. Like the interconnection is what they're looking for. And if they're moving you outside of your, your comfort zone, um they're going for it in 2023 with Mandalorian, Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew.
1: Yeah, and I mean, can we be honest about the investment? It's not like you're doing 16 chapters of another show. There are 7 chapters of the book of Boba Fett. Okay, fine, that's too much. Watch 5, 6, and 7. It's called the the Return of the
0: Mandalorian. That's where you start, like um yeah. Heck, on my recent rewatch, I was just like, I don't personally want to watch three episodes of fever dreams and flashbacks for Book of Boba Fett. Where am I going to start? I mean, Return of the Mandalorian. Watch
1: four with the, you know, Jabba's palace stealing back of Boba's ship and visiting the Sarlacc pit. Like, there's the whole series is good.
0: Back to Twitter, Darren Bell at Darth Rasslin seventy nine pretty solid episode i thought the fight at the beginning was pretty cool and i enjoyed the space battle i wonder if grief mentioning that he has no marshal uh, is foreshadowing Cobb vant appearing at some point so pete great minds thinking alike there jt adkins jta's me says back in the saddle with everyone's favorite space western and it's as if we've never been gone love the fake out and what felt like an opening flashback with the ceremony the entire episode had a nice comedy thread great beginnings next we hear from uh david siller that's at siller david poet a first solid entry for the new season great action to open the episode great entrance for mando and grogu in their ship more than satisfied with the line to explain an old character's absence enjoyed to see the return of some other old characters we knew would be back bring on the spin spinoff looking forward to where the show takes us. I just hope future chapters will will be a bit longer. We need more of our space cowboys and their intergalactic uh, shenanigans. This is the way. Uh next we hear from uh, Admiral Funnest Frontier that's at Dex lower. Uh jarn when he finds the living water Uh and there's a gif gif here of uh a, a guy scrubbing off some dirt in a bath. Maybe it looks like an old western uh style motif there but uh certainly he's over he's overdue for that bath um we also hear from at snow goggles who says this needed 10 more minutes great episode but flew by it didn't feel like there was depth to the scenes i'm hoping they all pull an andor on us and the season builds for lauren bo posing on her throne was a peculiar note dreams of the dark saber next we hear from uh uh, at Jackie Wolf on Twitter, my husband has been busy trying to ter- to determine if the pirate ships from the episode are the same ones he flew in uh, the X-wing versus Tie Fighters computer game, which he spent most of his junior high years playing. Loved the episode, uh, Pete. Any thoughts? There are those ships a familiar design to you?
1: I mean, a little bit, but it's been a while since I played that. It's certainly a possibility. They went to the games for the dark trooper stuff. So, you know, they they tend to traffic in in those deeper cuts.
0: We hear from James the Sagacious at Big Killin on Twitter. I wanted more, but it was a good way to reset the tone and get us back uh, in mission. If Book of Boba Fett was just season 3 or 2.5 of Mando, this episode would have been completely unnecessary. Ooh, that's an interesting. That's an interesting comment there. Yeah. Uh, we hear from ian silverman that's at sylvie underscore 76 cold open was fantastic pete he spells it with a ph Uh, great fake out as obviously we're meant to think the boy getting the helmet was a young dinjarin also enjoyed the space chase with mando and the pirates in the asteroid belt nice callback to obi-wan versus jango fett from attack of the clones speaking of pirates we might uh, might we see uh, a live action hondo at some point would be awesome if he was always a fun character uh would be awesome as he was always a fun character from the animated series we got cad bane so come on john and dave make it happen speaking of animated series callbacks also loved seeing grogu's reaction to the hyperspace whales wonderful we'll see them again uh as i'm sure that if ezra could form a force bond with them grogu would be able to uh as well if the need arose one critique uh, I've had of the show at times uh, is it felt a bit side questy. So much as I love IG11, hope there's not a ton of time spent on Mando searching for a new memory circuit for a droid, so then they can go on their real mission. Great to see Bo Katan though. Uh, all uh, all in all, great premiere, and can't wait for next week. That's High Magistrate to you, uh, <laughs> Pete. That's from Ian Silverman. Uh, we also hear from bob keely it's at r on twitter this felt like an episode where pieces were being put in place to fuel the rest of the season plus a couple of action sequences enjoyable but ultimately not sure much actually happened uh we hear from uh at gunner jch good episode but not great question mark maybe i just want more answers hopefully going to mandalore means we'll get history lessons on mandalore and its various cults uh, specifically who and why came up with the impossibly inconvenient helmet at all time creed uh penultimately pete we hear from drive-by wrestling pod That's at drive-by pod Uh, that opening scene shows why it can be uh, awesome being a star wars fan that said 36 minutes is just way too short hashtag mando and last pete we hear from spider ham lincoln at tess lc 139 disclaimer star wars has been my first love ever since i saw the original in the theater in 77 as a wide-eyed six-year-old but i was a little underwhelmed by what could have been a kick-ass season premiere it was good but i was expecting something more impressive still it's great mando is back some thoughts the crocosaur was cool but why have your helmet ceremony in croc invested waters ig Levin's turn as a relentless terminator was also cool looking forward to his eventual resurrection he'll be back uh the fraggle rock doozers will bring ig <laughs> back to life for sure well done Ah, uh, there must have been a conscious decision not to introduce us to a live-action Hondo uh, Onaka uh, instead of giving us dollar store swamp thing as a pirate leader. <laughs> uh, I know we'll get more Boktan this season, but this scene was not enough. I was surprised when the episode ended. Leave him wanting more, I guess. Finally, hyperspace whales, WTF? Pete that from Spider Ham Lincoln.
1: Well, the the are big, and you know that could have been something they didn't have to get out and instead you know oh ezra and grand admiral Thrawn came back somehow and they seem committed and i'm sure there's a story reason beyond just bringing those characters back eventually and that grogu's building some sort of connection that he's seen them uh that's an important aspect
0: to the email inbox we go pete and we hear uh, first from steve adams who says i would give this episode three out of four stars it was fun and fast-paced it was great to see our regular cast of characters back and grogu hit all the right buttons as usual i'm not sure i like shard as he seemed a bit too cartoonish for my taste he almost seemed to be a parody of pizza the hud i'm kind of hoping we don't see him again however we better get more of bo katan i'm intrigued as to where her story goes the one real problem with this episode is that it was very scattershot in its pacing i felt like there were two episodes worth of story here the setup was good but i hope the writers slow it down just a bit i'm still stoked to have this great show back and i'm eagerly awaiting the next installment until then stay fantastic pete that's from steve adams
1: Gorian Shard's grown on me. Like I said, initially, I was like, oh, I don't know that this feels like Star Wars. But again, the introduction of new aliens, of new characters is required. And to have never seen something like this and let them build it out and give them the opportunity.
0: Also required, Pete, is hearing from Grand Admiral Fred in the Netherlands, whose voice we go to now.
2: Hello Matt and Pete and all listeners to Fantastic Geek. This is Fred from the Netherlands with a little feedback for The Mandalorian Season 3 Episode 1. Great, great episode. I will give it an A plus and a 10. Really, really very nice. We get a double dose of Pedro Pascal these weeks because he also has a lead role in The Last of Us. But there we really see his face. I always wonder in the Mandalorian how much of it is played by himself or how much do they use as stand-in, which is of course very easy here. So the physical stuff, of course we hear his voice. Do you know anything about that? I didn't look it up on the internet. I found the CGI of the beginning scene so not of the armorer, but of this big dragon slash crocodile attack, really, really great. Reminded me a little bit of the fight with the great Dragon in the Book of Boa Fett. Little nitpick, one of the Mandalorians is shouting, young ones to the cave. Well, why don't they all go to the cave? I mean, their rivals didn't do anything to this creature, it seems. But okay, when they all would have run to the cave, we wouldn't have this terrific scene. One of the next scenes with the Mandalorian and Grogu walking over the Navarro market etc. must have cost a lot. If you see how many races and droids are there, all very nice Star Wars references, but that must have cost quite a bit just to walk through town. The reconstruction of IG-11 is a failure but that is of course a Chekhov's gun. I think he will come back at some time in this season. The N'Zellens are of course very nice and cute. Remind me a little bit of Ognout Quail from season 1. Also a super tinkerer. But with their high pitched voices they also remind you a little bit of Jawas. I found the scene with Pokatan a little weird because she is in this mandalorian castle with this big hallway and she is the only one hanging there on a kind of throne. Nobody else there. What is she doing? Just sitting there and waiting for Dinjeran? Uh, a bit weird. But nevertheless it gave nice visuals. Okay, that will be all for this time. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Pete,
0: Fred mentioning, amongst other things, uh, the the eternal question, uh, which I think you know, more and more people are aware that it's not Pedro Pascal in the suit all the time, except for occasionally, uh, you know, stuntmen. Um, indeed, Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder, who have been the two main uh, body doubles. Now in the in the main credits, which I think is uh, is overdue. If nothing else, uh, your thoughts there on, on now we have three The Mandalorians in the credits,
1: and I think, as you said, overdue that they got prominent, you know, uh, location there that they were at the premiere uh, Misty Rosas, who's played Queel, who was frog lady, who was one of the pirates in this episode, uh, between them there, uh, for some photos and some fun, you know, and her diminutive stature compared to them. Uh, great that you could do this. I mean, Emily Swallow is, is there. I've never seen anything that we know for sure. She's been in the Armorer costume. Um, you have to imagine with all the, you know, lore of the, the watch with not taking off their helmets, if maybe other people in the watch will take them off this season. Do we see her face underneath there? Do we see Favreau under the Paz visla helmet? Um but it, it's nice that they get this recognition here, even though we never see their faces. Well, Pete, the
0: unseen faces of those who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic uh, We appreciate them, though their masks remain on. Uh, certainly uh, such pride we have that the podcast is listener supported, uh, particularly at this busy time with not one but two dueling space shows.
1: Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels to choose from. It takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Can't contribute right now. Get yourself over to Apple Podcasts. And with this new season, could always use your ratings or your reviews. Help that algorithm push us out to others and grow this audience. And
0: Pete, let's certainly keep the conversation going. How can people be in touch with you? You can find me
1: on Twitter at Peter, p i e t e r j k l r k e t e l a a r 12,796 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail where we are a Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, there's more facebook.com
1: slash fantastic geek with the ph all one word like it today for those listening on the pop culture podcast feed we will be back tomorrow
0: with picard uh part three of the third season or picard 303 if you want to keep it simple And, of course, we're back next week with Mando, Uh, episode 302, ahead of card, episode 304. It's all very, very simple there, just a two-episode differential here. They both end the same week, kind of weird. With that, Pete, I'll say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. Bad baby.